This is CJ Standall, creator of Rebirth of the Gangster, and you're listening to this freaking show. What's up, everyone? I am Travesty. I'm Awkward Callus. And I'm Geekcast Joe. And welcome to another episode of This Freaking Show, the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is not gonna, this doesn't flow as well, I don't think. Hey, uh, he said after you, you know what? so... <laughs> you, know what? you know what would make it flow better? <laughs> is if I had myself a high-quality tie... For a low, low price. And if I wanted something like that, I could probably go over to wearedapperties.com and find one for just $15. And if I bet, if I use the uh, discount code FREAKIN, that's F-R-E-A-K-I-N, I bet I could get free shipping on my order. What do you guys think? Oh, that sounds like a great deal. I'm fucking, I'm fucking dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would help you is if uh, you went on over to wearedapperties.com and picked yourself up a knit tie today. And then you know what? After you get your knit tie, you can go over to our uh, down-home country cooking uh, restaurant of Fire Pit Bar and Grill of Piatone, where every Monday and Wednesday for seven ninety nine you can get a burger and beer. <laughs> uh, great food, too. Pleasant atmosphere. And you can find them at Facebook, on Facebook at Fire Pit Bar, or at their website, firepit.com. Yeah. <laughs> How'd I do for my first? <laughs> That's pretty good. I think you did better than me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. I'd have to buy three or four of those ties and loop them together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, just drove right into that brick wall. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. But you know speed. something? Yeah, but no, something we tried. We tried something different. We tried something new. And not only that, it's not that, you know, we tried before we recorded. We 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 decided to give it a go for the first time while recording this episode. I'm I'm all about it. I mean, we you did. know, wildly coyote silhouette mm-hmm. in the wall. You know, right? I mean, and I gotta admit, that's like a. I think that was like a 45 percent success right there. Oh yeah. No, I'd say 60 yeah. at least. At least 60. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, he said everything he needed to say, right? And then I said everything I needed to say, right? So at least, <laughs> I mean, it was just the timing and <laughs> extra stuff added. Oh my god, that was wonderful! Holy shit, I never laughed so hard on mute before <laughs> in my life. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? Besides what we just did. Yeah, you know. I don't I'm know. Excited, I'm excited for our guest. I, I have no idea what's going on with you. That's why I asked, man. Is that why you asked? <laughs> that is I that is the worst that is the worst response ever. Oh you you know. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? 
Well, you know, I'm breathing. I got <laughs> oxygen coming into my lungs and out of my lungs. Oh, that what is it? Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, so uh, in Chicago, so going to school. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's <laughs> I had the most frustrating experience I've ever had today, but I can, I'm saving that for the uh, Follow Your Star. Okay, okay. But, cool. uh, yeah, other than that, other than that, it's all good. All well, good I'm good in the hood. I'm glad to hear that. And um, as uh, as Joe did mention, we do have a guest this evening. Um, this is uh this is Joe's uh, get as uh, far as getting a guest this evening. So, so applaud to Joe. Congrats, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I no. feel like he probably reached out to me, but uh, I'll take the credit. Oh, he definitely he definitely did reach out to you. <laughs> I don't, There's nothing wrong I with don't, that. No, I mean like you know we I mean, want our guests to reach out. We do, and that's what I'm that's excited. What, though it's been it's been a while since we've had this guest on, so yeah. Got some new so you're hinting works. at it is a previous guest we've had. I am okay. Indeed, I am me old cock and long mayor big jib draw. What? As they say in Newfoundland, before they drink their black rum. Okay then. <laughs> what the fuck, Joe? Oh, you know. Um, yeah, no, you're right. This, this, this is a guess I'm we just have. folksy, okay? It's just a thing that I am. Joe, how much have you had to drink today? Uh, oh, like three sips of red wine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Four now. It's gone straight to his head. Holy yep. shit. But yeah, no, we do have a guest on this evening, and not only is it a returning guest, this appearance on this episode ties him for the most uh, returned guest. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So now, now this man is now tied. And there we go. Another another clue. A man is now tied with the vengeful Jedi as our most reoccurring returning guest on this freaking show. I like it. So I'm nice. super excited for this. I'm 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 so excited that um, I think we should just push everything back until later on the show and let's get him on right now and uh, give a little chit chat. Perfect. Sounds good to me. Awesome. Uh, let's re- uh, let's plug a uh, podcast, which I don't know why any podcast would want to be promoted on what we just did. But regardless, let's plug them, and then we'll come back with our guest. Okay. Hello, everybody. I'm Jason. And I'm Jeff. We're from the History of Bad Ideas podcast. You know what you're listening to right now, Jeff? What are we listening to right now? This freaking show. This freaking show? This freaking show. And when you're not listening to this freaking show... Take a listen to the history of bad ideas. Where we talk about sports, movies, and other pop culture events happening in the ar- world. <laughs> so take a listen. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and any other place that you find uh, great podcasts like this freaking show. This freaking show. All right, we are back with our uh, returning guest, CJ Standall. Welcome, thanks again. Buddy. Oh, yeah. Thanks again, guys. Uh, great being back on. I'm excited. Yeah, us too. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. It's been a, been a long time, I feel like. Yeah, it has. It's been a while. I think part of that was uh, there was a little bit of a uh, slower process for this last issue. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was part of it, I think. And then I think maybe for – I don't know if we actually got together for issue seven, so maybe we also just missed that one specifically too. But I do know issue eight. Um, which is coming out. I, I sent you guys a, four, a preview copy, but it's coming out the 28th, so in about a week and a half here uh, next Wednesday. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing is just it was just like a three, three-and-a-half-month-long issue. Mm. 
uh, or a process to get this issue done. And that part of it was, to be honest, um, a little of my fault that I kind of was got a I got a later start on that script than normal. So uh, Juan Romero, my artist, was kind of working a little bit behind from what he normally does. But he was mm. also, I think, going a little bit slower because he has some other projects to do. So that was uh, kind of a little. A little experience, a little frustrating. I think we're. I'm already kind of like almost halfway done with issue nine script, so I'm hoping to oh, learn wow. some of the, from some of those lessons, and hopefully we get issue nine out a lot sooner. Fantastic. Well, that's. Uh, let's see. I think the last time we had you on, it was just before uh, your first arc came out on Amazon. The. Uh, yep. Real quick, I looked. I looked it up. Uh, the last time you were on was uh, episode thirty-six, and that was uh, in July. July. Okay, yeah. So that would have been right. Yeah, like you're saying, right when the uh, first arc issues one through seven, uh, Meet the Family was coming out in the the first print copy. And yeah, you can order it on Amazon. I uh, even create space, but Amazon's probably easier. So yeah, I guess we didn't get together for the seventh issue or uh, issue eight, which is coming out, like I said, in about a week and a half. So yeah, it's been a long time. I think uh, I know that that paper, getting that paperback done and just getting the printed copy out, that kind of took a lot out of me. So I think maybe that also was probably a little bit of what was going on. Yeah, I could, I could see how that would be. So that's fantastic. So uh, catch us, catch us up to where, uh, where we're at. Um, I'm sure any, any of our listeners who have been following along are probably uh, curious about uh where things where things have been left off and what they can look forward to in, in the upcoming issue. Sure, yeah. So I think for those who read the first uh, story arc, obviously we ended on a pretty um, violent and uh, explosive uh, finale. Um, so kind of issue seven was and eight have been a little bit about picking up the pieces with that. Um, Lorraine, I'm trying to kind of avoid too many spoilers, but uh, we're starting to see Lorena in issue eight, uh, the detective who's been kind of on Hunter's case, is kind of starting to see a little bit of what happened at the end of with that violent end in issue six. Hunter is feeling a little bit of the ramifications of that, and we've been seeing uh, Marcus kind of gets sucked down even further into, I guess, uh, like Hunter's uh, kind of just um, into into Hunter's um, just kind of psychosis, and kinda, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> psychosis. Yeah, and then so so that's kind of what's been going on. Um, Linda, uh, Hunter's mom, has I think as kind of we uh, saw was dealing a little bit with some addiction, and so now she's been kind of going to Narcotics Anonymous and actually met a friend through there, and kind of uh, that's kind of where her story arc's going right now. Although we're actually gonna in issue not issue uh, ten kind of come back to a uh, secret that she's been hiding from Hunter and uh, and pretty much everybody. Um, so that's kind of exciting. Andrea. Marcus's mom uh, kind of is uh, in issue eight, probably the the star of, I guess, in terms of like the, uh, she's the star of our probably biggest action sequence uh, for issue eight. And then she'll actually, that's going to kind of dovetail into uh, issue nine, which is going to actually feature a car chase. It's going to be, it's so I'm pretty excited for that, especially since, um, to be honest, it wasn't actually quite originally in the, um, the, the initial story arc I planned a couple of years ago, but after I've seen kind of how Juan is able to really kind of get an, um, some nice dynamic shots in some of the past car scenes we've had, it was kind of a, a scene that I, I tailored to write for him. Um, and so that's exciting to see. Um, hopefully he's going to be able to shine in that. I haven't obviously seen any images yet, but I'm pretty excited about that. So that's mainly it. Um, and then, of course, I've I forgot to mention Dennis, but he's just still kind of been 
almost Hunter's like right hand man um, in this plan, which we're still we'll we'll pretty much start to the end of issue nine is where we really start to see his plan come to fruition. And then 10 is uh, where Marcus is starting to going to be starting to deal with some of the effects of that plan. Uh, So we're really I I know we kind of had like a a slow reveal with what his plan is, but we're really starting to we're going to actually find a finally like uh, unearth the secrets of that plan. And then that's just going to set everything into motion for the rest of the series. That's fantastic. So, so, so if I, if I hear you correctly, the, the basic arc so far has been, we've kind of met all of the characters. Uh, we've kind of had the, the initiating uh, moment that's going to lead to the rest of the arcs. And so this is sort of step one after the, the inciting incident for the, the big arcs that are going to be carrying the rest of the story. Yep. Right on. And I think, um, I mean, that was why I called partly why I called uh, the first arc meet the family because it was kind of just laying the foundations for that. There's also, I guess, uh, um, kind of like the, even though nobody really is in the mob in this, in the story, it, it does also have kind of like the connotations of meet the family and mafia uh, mm-hmm. crime style. So that's kind of also why I had it titled that way. But yeah, I think um, once, this whole series is over. You'll really, it's kind of, I think the way I've approached it is kind of like the way a really classic novel, um, uh, like really sets a lot of the foundation in the first, uh, quarter or a little bit, um, quarter, like the first fifth of the series. And then really everything after that just kind of really starts building up and up even more. And so that's kind of the way I've been, I've been approaching it. So it might be slightly different. I think if you look at any of the big names, Marvel or DC, obviously the first story arc probably is going to have a little more action than Rebirth the Gangster did, but it's, I think it was something that was really necessary for us to get to know the characters and then for us to see um, how these events uh, really impact them and how they react and really have a good feel for the characters and it, and to make it hopefully feel feel authentic instead of just actions happening for the sake of action. It's really supposed to kind of like unfurl slowly, but hopefully as realistically as it can while also being entertaining, of course. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, then, and, and one of the things that I really like about um, the, the meet the family arc is not just that sort of gangster feel to it, but it's this, idea that uh, the the actions of the characters in the present are is tied not only to their own actions in the past but the actions of their parents and yes the and way that... that their parents arcs have interacted in the past right on and that's uh, a big part of the reason why I called it rebirth of the gangster not like birth of the gangster or anything mm. like that it was to try to hint at that kind of like cyclical um, effect uh, or cyclical effect of the past and leg and familial legacy coming back to haunt people so it's it's a big part of the reason why i named it that um aside from also it's kind of a a slight illusion or shout out to a a, a outcast song called rebirth of or return of the gi or return of the g sorry i can't speak right now return of the g for return of the gangster so there are there are kind of a couple reasons that that i named had that specific title but a big part was to really focus on this idea of this cycle of um, kind of violence, secrets, and all that, and crime, and this type of stuff, and also hopefully maybe to end it to um, as we'll keep exploring to see if it's possible to break out of that cycle. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think maybe we'll find some people are more successful than others in doing that, and some people don't right. even try to break out of the cycle. So that's kind of I'm gonna try to play with all the permutations throughout the series to see so that it's not just like everybody yeah. breaks out of the cycle or nobody does. I, I'm hoping to make it a little more. I guess complex and realistic, um, and just mm-hmm. to, to kind of sh- look at the issue from a couple different perspectives and sides. Right, absolutely. Because, like, from a from a traditional narrative, uh, literary perspective, uh, Marcus and Hunter are, are 
They're kind of foils, right? Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think That's as awesome. we'll start, and I think Andrea and Linda are foils to a degree, but especially I think we'll start to see those foils even more as the the series goes on. And I guess, um, I mean, Linda or Lorena and Dennis aren't quite foils for each other, but they are um, in the sense foils that they're of. I mean, Lorena is the one who's really representing Law and Order, and Dennis is struggling with whether he wants to follow, um, whether he wants to go back into his old ways, which is why he was in mm. prison before the, the series even started, or whether he's truly trying to make a start of it. So I think there's kind of um, – there are foils in the sense of uh, – Dennis and Lorena are foils in the sense that they both kind of look at a different perspective on justice. Um, right. And even I think as we've seen Lorena struggling a little bit with – being so focused on her job, we're starting to see maybe that Dennis and Lorena are kind of opposite extremes of each other, and they might start coming more towards the center, um, or at least that would be the healthy thing to do, that Dennis would start going more towards a, living a normal, lawful life, and that maybe Lorena would focus a little bit less on her job and, and justice and focus a little more on her her yeah. life, and especially her relationship with Anne. So there's, I think there, that was kind of, once I got to six characters, I did like how they kind of nicely paired up into looking at different perspectives on uh, similar issues or similar relationships. Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, you've mentioned in the past that your your sort of day job is uh, English teacher. Yep. Um, how how do you see these stories um, now now that you've kind of introduced the characters and you can actually kind of get into the meat of the yep. narrative? How do you see uh, the ways that these characters uh, arcs connect with your students' lives? Um, so, I mean, I would say, for instance, um, so I guess Marcus, part of what he his struggle is um, that he essentially feels like because he's from this well-to-do family and all this and uh, that he and he, he has these expectations from his parents to to act right or act proper, um, while there's also kind of some influences um, from not necessarily his peer group, but just uh, essentially from other maybe African-Americans around him that are trying to essentially portray him almost not quite, maybe not as a traitor, but um, I think as one of the characters says, like a bitch, essentially. Um, right. Sorry for the language. But um, so I, I guess part of what I've been seeing in Marcus is that is a struggle I do see in many of my students of whether they want to be like authentically themselves or whether they want to act the way their parents expect them to act or whether they want to act the way their peers expect them to act. So that's kind of one thing I've been seeing with, um, with Marcus specifically. I know that Lorena's, uh, backstory, which we haven't gotten in as much as I kind of originally planned, but the backstory, for instance, of her, her dad being taken away by the INS since it was a couple decades ago, obviously right. be ice now. Um, but I have actually had some students who have, who, some Latina students who, um, have had family members impacted by deportation. Mm. And so that's that's something that has influenced a little bit of that story. Um, Dennis's girlfriend, or, well, not girlfriend, I guess, but they started going out in, uh, or they went out, they're going on a date. I'm kind of spoiling a little bit, but in issue eight, they're going on a date. And her name's Lizeth, and she's actually drawn from another, a specific student I have. Um, mm. Even the name is is a tied to the student, Lizeth. So that's something I've been, that kind of is tied to uh, what I've been seeing in uh, my eight years of teaching. Um, and then other than that, I guess, it's even just Hunter, his name is stolen from a couple of students I've had that it just seemed, um, I teach in a, sum, a sub, like a growing suburb. Um, and so 
a lot of the students that I've taught named Hunter tend to be um, similar to, to the Hunter in the, the comic in that they're kind of more like blue class or blue collar workers, sorry, <laughs> blue collar mm-hmm. workers um, who tend not to be really trusting of authority and stuff like that. So that's, so I guess I've, there are kind of like bits and pieces from a lot of my students that, that influence my characters. Mm-hmm. Um, although obviously none of my students, at least hopefully are doing anything <laughs> remotely or anything like what Hunter's doing um, and thinking or kind of coming up with that diabolical plot. Um, but there are right. kind of like bits and pieces that I pull on. And then other than that, it's just kind of what other people I know in real life. And even just, I guess some, story arcs that I've seen in other pieces of literature. Um, like even Marcus is somewhat influenced by, I guess the two Shakespearean influences he has is Othello and Macbeth. Othello for obviously for the reason that he's be, he's an African-American who's successful and faces some sort of part of, I think what motivates Hunter is kind of like the jealousy that Iago or that motivates Iago when he's trying to take down Othello. But then also uh, you can see in Marcus kind of the idea of Macbeth of being, kind of uh, slowly tempted and making wrong decisions. Um, as I think, Mac- kind of to paraphrase Macbeth, he says something along the lines of like, I've waited so far in blood that to go back is just as as tedious mm. as to keep going. And so there's some element of, Hunt- of Marcus's uh, journey that is also like that, that he's kind of started making some bad choices. And um, once he really starts to see what he's in for, he- he has to make that decision of can I go back or is it worth it? Am I too far in that type of that type of uh, dilemma? So there are kind of just a lot of different influences and um, Macbeth is something, for instance, that I've actually taught almost every year I've been at at, at my school. So I think teaching something over and over for like three classes a day for eight <laughs> years can sometimes also warm its way into my head and also influence some of the characters. So that's that's a little bit of what we're seeing. Gotcha, gotcha. That's fantastic. Thanks. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 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 struck by by uh, uh, some things with Marcus's narrative. So I've I live in Chicago and I and I do sure. um, uh, ministry work in a lot of a lot of social justice circles. Okay. And so a lot of the things that you hear from from African American students is this idea that you have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Yeah. And there's this huge tension for many of them with uh you know. If I work really hard, am I trying to get out or am I trying to be successful so I can bring my success back into my community? Yeah. And um, it sounds like that's something that he's really struggling with or going to be struggling with as the as the story progresses. Yeah. And I would even say um, even his dad, Curtis, to some degree, I think we've seen a little bit of that dilemma just even in the first issue alone. Uh, he starts the Curtis Thompson charity for disadvantaged youth. I might be messing up the right. name of that charity a little yeah. bit, but I think that's part of uh, also his journey. We haven't really gotten too much into it, but I, I guess I, um, what I've hinted at and what I definitely know in my own head is that his that Curtis Marcus's dad did come from uh, some harsher circumstances, and that part of the reason he's so um, on Marcus about putting like the right foot forward putting the right image for it and all that type of stuff is because he knows what he came from and he doesn't want Marcus to, he, Mar- Curtis knows where C- Curtis came from and he doesn't want Marcus to fall back into the same tr- or to fall into the same environment. And so I think there's a little bit of that um, tension too. And I think Marcus gets it and kind of agrees with it, but like any 
son is also a little bit mm-hmm. rebellious towards that authoritarian, heavy-handed way that his dad's kind of trying to push this perspective on him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I do definitely agree, and I think we've even seen a little bit of, even just uh, in some of the other the small court cases we've seen, um, and the way that Marcus is reacting to it, we I think we've also seen that he realizes that it that. Like you said, I think uh, you have to work twice as hard for this uh, kind of same result or the same respect. Um, there's a little bit of that with Marcus, but I think he's also to, uh, to more of his journey is also seeing it more for others that maybe weren't as a, 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 uh, advantaged as he right, he is. Right. Which is why um, this the second story arc he's actually trying to uh, trying to join this this firm that is more in charge of like protecting civil rights and doing stuff to help each help. Uh, um, a disenfranchised community out. And so that's, I think, part of what his next step in their journey or his next step in uh, his growth in, as a character is kind of trying to see if that's something that he truly can get invested in and try to help others become as, maybe not as advantaged as him, but get a little bit more advantaged um, and specifically right. minority, right. of course. Right, absolutely, absolutely. But and, and I like on the other side, uh, with, with Hunter, you still have this... Um, uh, this sort of uh, working class trauma, especially in in the age of, of opioid ed- uh, epidemics. Yep. Um, you have a, a guy whose whose mother has clearly dealt with this issue. Maybe he's dealt with it a little bit. I don't know. That's not necessarily clear at this point to me. Right. Um, it has. I haven't said anything either way. Yep. Uh, right. And the, or nothing's been said e- any way either way in the comic. Yeah, but 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 because of this, the, his mother struggles with it. He he has had to to really face some issues in his life, and it's led to uh, to the to sort of the big finale of, of the first arc, um, which is coming back with with some. Uh, I, I noticed the the sort of PTSD esque flashback in this upcoming issue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's something I I wanted to kind of portray that this action. Uh, Hunter does an issue six isn't something that he does uh, necessarily like offhandedly or flippantly. It's something that, or maybe he, do, or it is possible that he actually does commit that action a little bit flippantly, but that's not how he's going to be dealing with it. And it's not going to be as easy to shake off and kind of dismiss or repress as he might think it's going to be. And that's definitely something that I was, I've been trying to kind of deal with to try to make it a little, again, I guess more re- realistic, but it's also a big, I guess, central theme of this, uh, whole series is the idea of how do people cope with trauma or with um, any type of anything in the past that doesn't go their way, whether it's somebody acting negatively towards them or them doing something negative themselves. So I think that that we have a we're gonna have a couple times that, that we kind of hit that beat of people have to deal with the bad things they did in the past um, and their coping strategies, the way that they choose to deal with that can affect right, whether right. they're successful or not, of course. Right, absolutely. Which, which, as we see maybe in issue eight, he's not he's he's dealing with or he's reliving it, but he's not necessarily dealing with it or processing it, which probably is not super healthy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well I think I think it's pretty close to the, the actual like dictionary definition of what PTSD is. Yeah. Yeah. You and know? that's um I guess maybe yeah. I've taught like the things they carried and other stuff, uh, other some, some other war texts. So maybe that's also something that warmed its way into my head. That the more that I've taught those texts, the more I've dealt with or dealt with teaching PTSD, mm-hmm. and the more that that kind of just 
I mean, I was intending to kind of show that it, it was traumatizing, but I guess maybe I didn't even know how much I was being on the nose with that just because it seems almost like something that it just seems common sense to me because of right. maybe how much right. I've taught it and, and dealt with um, sure. it in literature. But also there are some students I've had who definitely struggle from PTSD. And so there's maybe just, again, just seeing it so much and t talking about it so much, it's something that just kind of filtered into this uh, text somewhat consciously and then somewhat even unconsciously. Right. Absolutely. Well, but I think, and I think that's one of the things that makes your, your story so relatable. And so, um, well, so realistic, as, as you said. Um, I think that's one of the things that I really has grabbed me about it is, uh, you know, I mean, obviously with, with Marvel and DC, you're looking at, at superheroes, but right. um, I mean, you're, you're telling a story of, of more or less everyday heroes and everyday villains, and it's a much grayer thing, reality. Um, yep. I couldn't put it better myself. Yeah, so I just, I just, I just, I, I think it's fantastic, and I'm, I'm so excited to, uh, to see where this is going. Yeah, thanks, and yeah, I mean, even though I have it planned, laid out, and all planned out, I'm even excited because, like I mentioned uh, earlier, I sometimes tailor things or change things based off of the dynamic with Juan and just also what I've been seeing. So, even though I kind of know where I'm going, it is also cool to see just the small tweaks I make, but and and even. If every, even if I don't make tweaks, just tweaks just to see what Juan brings up. And I think that's also been something that's uh, been helpful is working with somebody who uh, is, I mean, Juan lives in Argentina. And so I think it's nice to have somebody from an outside perspective to kind of mm. bring in a little bit more of that realism, a little bit more of a, a kind of a nuanced perspective on character. So that's, so yeah, it's exciting. And I just, hopefully I keep, keep it up and kind of stick the landing, I guess, as they say. <laughs> right yeah I, I think you'll be fine it's been it's been fantastic so far yeah thank you you are welcome <clears throat> hey uh real, real quick Anna. so yeah. okay so with rebirth of, a, rebirth of a gangster is this currently the only project you work on is there any side projects that you're currently doing um so i do actually well so non-comic related i do or i guess non-comic format related i do write mm -hmm. for graphicpolicy.com um, which is a website that is focused on comics so that's why I, I said it's like it's still comic related but it's it's yeah. just strictly um articles and stuff like that so that's something that i do um i kind of kind of i guess in last fall i took a, a pretty big break from it but the last month or two months i've been kind of consistent with once a week doing something posting something on there um in addition to that, uh, I did, uh, I think as I mentioned in the last uh, time I was here, I had a story in, uh, an excerpt from issue three of Rebirth of the Gangster that was in the If Anthology by Alterna Comics. Um, the 2017 one was a crime theme, and the 2018 one is actually a horror-themed uh, anthology, and there's actually a six-page excerpt that I, I worked with Juan Romero for a, a larger story, which I think I'd mentioned before called like the called the others behind the wall, which is kind of a sci-fi horror fusion. Um, mm -hmm. So I actually just submitted that to the, the if anthology. So I'm hoping that that gets accepted. I did tweak it a little bit to make it kind of self-contained because because the original um, six pages that I sent were actually part of like a larger graphic novel and larger story arc. But I tweaked it to make this just a, a short um, self-contained story. Uh, and then something that I, I've been kind of working on, but I haven't really found an artist for or anything like that yet, is this um, uh, fantasy 
book called Mapping Mythland, and it's actually something that I've been kind of writing for my girlfriend um, with uh, like a couple new chapters each uh, kind of like big event, like mm-hmm. anniversary, Christmas, that birthday, that type of stuff. So I I'm, I've, would say I'm probably about a quarter to a third done with that. Um, and that's something that I would actually like to release both as I'm writing it right now just as a, as a traditional text, but I would also like to release it um, as a fusion where there's it's some of its traditional text and some of its um, kind of uh, more in the graphic novel format. And without kind of getting too far down this rabbit hole, essentially, <gasps> it's a fantasy, I guess, yeah, it's a it's a fantasy story where kind of each chapter alternates. Um, the main story arc is with. Uh, characters Chris and Carrie, who are myself and my girlfriend, um, and they kind of are big fans of this this series called Mapping Mythland. Um, but the, and then they actually get sucked into it, and so the alternate chapters are actually chapters or excerpts from the uh, the Mapping Mythland series. And so I would like my kind of goal is to have like the main story arc be in comic fash- format, but then those excerpts from the Mapping Mythland series be um, just in traditional text with maybe some some. A couple images here and there, like a, almost like a traditional, like wind in the willows or other type of like children's book fairy tale type thing. So that's kind of what's what I've been working on lately. Um, although, again, like I said, I I've reached out to an artist who was or I, I don't have an artist yet. I've reached out to somebody and she seemed like she was interested in it. But to be honest, it's been about like half a year since she yeah. expressed that interest. So I might need to find somebody else to illustrate it. But those are kind of the what I'm working on. And part of it is I'd like to work on more, but just with this and teaching, it's it's pretty hard to do. Hopefully this summer, um, when I have a, I do teach summer school, but I definitely have a much more free time in the summer. Hopefully I'll be able to also kind of finalize some of these projects, but also start something new. Uh, yeah, last yeah. summer I. I was so focused on getting the print edition that I didn't really have much time for any other um, writing or anything else that wasn't Rebirth of the Gangster focused. Okay. The the, re- the reason I was asking about like any additional projects and everything, because yeah. when, whenever I look at your um, comics, like all, you know, this entire series uh, that's been going up until this point, yeah. um, I, I love how real like your comic book feels like it's Thanks. i mean every everything inside of it is it, something that could happen in real life it's something that any like any ordinary normal everyday person could experience it's not like you know it's not like when you look at like the avengers and stuff like that and you have like you know superhumans and all this right. stuff i mean this is i mean it's real people going through real situations inside the comic book and i i mean this is something that i could see like as like a web series or something like that, that would be amazing yep. to watch, you know, like a, like something live action. And, you know, and that's not saying, you know, to take away from the comic books, because comic books are right. amazing. The art's amazing. The, the, uh, the writing is incredible. Um, if this ever became like a web series, I mean, that would be something awesome to watch as well. And that's, yeah, it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And actually, I mean, I don't take any offense. I think it's always cool to see things adapted into new mediums or new media. Um, and actually I've, I was asked by some interviewer, I think it was Barbara Dillon of Fanbase Press, uh, what I would view my or how if it was going to be adapted as a TV show or film or anything like that, how I like would like to see it be adapted. And I actually I think it would be perfect as like an anthology show, almost like American Horror Story, where actually the first season would be just the 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 story arc that is going to be my 24 issues, the whole series mm-hmm. itself. And then later seasons would kind of keep the, like the realistic yet gritty 
crime noir feel to it and just follow new characters and new story arcs. So that's if I had if I had the ears of a Hollywood exec, that's probably what I'd be pushing. But <laughs> but yeah, well, I do it- think it'd be really cool to see it um just yeah in live action, especially since I'm with like om- omitting narration and captions and stuff like that, I really am trying to make Rebirth of the Gangster feel filmic. I got you. Well, let, let's uh, hypothetically let's say that uh, Rebirth of the Gangster uh, gets made into like a motion picture, and it's made by uh, Paramount, just a huge, and you could have any any actor portray your characters. Um, who who do you think would uh, play these uh, these roles in these movies? So, um, I actually I don't have too many character or actors in mind for most of the characters, but when I was describing Marcus to uh, Juan Romero, I was thinking Michael B. Jordan pretty much the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think he ended up looking a little bit like a fusion between Michael B. Jordan and uh, President, former President Obama, but uh, that was, in my head, I was really thinking Michael B. Jordan. It might have had something to do with the fact that I had just binge-watched a bunch of Friday Night Lights, which he did incredibly on. Um, but that's who I know for uh, that if I had like my pick of actors and, and money and all that stuff was no object, I know Marcus, oh, yeah. I, would, I would love to be Michael B. Jordan. I don't really have um, any anybody else. I I have I haven't really envisioned anybody else necessarily for any of the other roles. So that's well, the, something the one I, I need to think about a little bit more. Yeah. Well, the one that came to my mind and like it, like Hunter, when I first like saw the character, like you know visually inside the picture, but even thinking about what kind of character he was, I instantly thought of Jax Teller from Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah, I so, definitely with Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, yeah Charlie yeah. Hunnam. I I think Charlie actually, Hunnam yeah, would make a great Hunter. Yeah, I I completely agree, and that's mm-hmm. actually I think a lot of uh, I I do think a lot of Hunter's journey in some ways parallels or mimics Jax Teller's journey in yeah. uh, Sons of Anarchy, or at least this kind of like the I guess a lot all of the characters in the gangster have the the legacy effect on them, but of mm-hmm. course Hunter especially does so, and so did Jax Teller with his. Um, with his dad, and then of course the I guess I don't know if I should spoil it, even though it's like years old. But I guess yeah, with Clay and his mom's kind of betrayal of his dad, there's there's um, some of some legacy kind of weighing Jacks down, and he has to decide whether he wants to live that life or kind of do something else. And I think mm-hmm. um, that's a little bit of what Hunter's feeling. Although obviously we've seen that he's probably embraced this criminal lifestyle a little bit more wholeheartedly than Jacks. At least did it first. Yeah. Well, so yeah, and, it was pretty cool. And I, yeah. I love Sons of Anarchy. So. <laughs> no, I, I I do too. And I mean, I I heard rumors that there's gonna be two spinoffs, and I don't know how much truth there is to those. But if there are, that'd be awesome. But I mean, the the thing like where like I think like when I looked at Hunter and I instantly went to Jacks. I think I think it's because of the realism that both characters portrayed within their, you know, respective um roles. You know, what I mean. Yeah. Because I mean, you could look, you could look at your comic, and I mean, you can't even. If I was to look at this, and it was just like a novel base, it wasn't pictures or anything. It was just a novel base. I I would swear it'd be like a biography of, you know, you know these people's lives. You know, it's right. it just okay. there's no like, it does not seem like it's like made up. It seems like it was true events that got put into a comic form, and it's absolutely amazing. And it's kind of like you said earlier, like you know, it's not like you know, explosion, 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 and everything like. Like everything is so like detailed to the story that you know you want to follow each character down their own path and see where everyone keeps leading up. And I mean, for a comic to do that is absolutely amazing and it's different. Like your comic is different than all the other ones 
that um that we've interviewed about that uh, I looked into and I love that because it gives you you know a different perspective a different view on you know a comic book well thank you yeah and I think that that is definitely something I was I've been pretty intent and purposeful on trying to do there are some times where as I've been uh, writing um, based off of either my initial outline or a new idea I had, I, I was like, oh, I want to take this character in this direction, but it didn't feel authentic to that character, and part of it felt like I was trying to take the character in a direction just to get to action a little bit sooner, um, and so there are definitely times throughout this whole the whole year and a half, two years I've been writing this and working on this uh, where I've felt that pull to try to, I guess, take the easy way out for some like more quick action or to try to... Uh, move a character on their journey a little bit quicker than they normally would. And I've been fortunate enough, maybe not all the time, but at least most of the time to kind of resist that urge and really focus on what feels authentic to the character, what feels authentic and true to this uh, story and setting. And that's something that has really been a big focus of mine um, to try to, yeah, get it that, that feel of realism and feel like these characters are true to life, even though of course it is all made, it is all made up. Um, yeah. and it, 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 the, the purpose is to also entertain people with some cool action and stuff like that. So I'm trying to kind of, I guess, balance both those worlds. And I think as a writer, I've, if I've erred on one side, it's been more on the side of trying to be authentic and real with the characters, um, and trying yeah. to kind of let things develop at their own pace, which makes sense instead of forcing it to kind of, uh, follow some path that I'm really, that I'm really making. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, so when it, when is the release date of the next issue, and where can they find uh, every issue that has uh, already been released? Sure. Yeah. So it, it's two. Uh, it's February twenty eighth, which uh, should be the Wednesday. Uh, if the twenty eighth is not the Wednesday, it's the the Wednesday right around February twenty eighth is when mm-hmm. it'll be released. It'll be released on Amazon, um, and then every back issue is also available on Amazon. You can also so I release individual issues uh, as digital. Uh, digital issues and then the only print copy is the the first six issue story arc which is also on amazon although you can find that on create space um which to be quite honest when people buy it from create space it gets me a little bit more money than when people buy it from amazon just because amazon takes a bigger cut which is weird because they're owned by the same or amazon owns create space but that's a whole different story (laughs) um so yeah, if people want to go, Amazon's the easiest way to find it. Otherwise, to find the way to the, the Create Space version, you can just go to cjstandleproductions.com, and then I actually have a tab that's uh, called Store, and that actually directs everybody or directs to people to Amazon, to Create Space, and also actually uh, each individual issue um, and the digital first story arc are also available on Comixology if people prefer that. So those are kind of the, the three main spots where people can find it, and they can go just to CreateSpace, Comixology, Amazon, but, and just kind of search there, or they can go to cjstandleproductions.com, and there's that tab that says Store, um, and that's where I link to every spot that people can buy it. Um, so that's kind of where people can find it now. I'm actually going to do another quick plug, and I don't know quite the date, but uh, I think it's March 11th. Um, in Madison is MightyCon, and it'll actually be my first convention appearance ever. So um, I'm bringing some copies of Rebirth and Gangster and even some copies of the uh, If Anthology there. So if anybody's in the Madison, Wisconsin area, come down to MightyCon March 11th. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully you can make it to Chicago at some point, too, because we'd love to see you uh, out here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's kind of – I I live in Wisconsin, and that's Madison's close to where I live. Yeah. So. I kind of 
with with the since I haven't done a convention before, I've done some signings at some of my local comic stores, but mm-hmm. since I haven't done a convention before, I kind of wanted to keep it local and keep it a little bit easier, especially during the school year. And my my goal is more during yeah. the summer to do kind of like Chicago, Minneapolis, some of those other other conventions that are close to me, but that maybe take a little bit more travel time and stuff like that. And so during the summer when I have um, either uh, while I'm teaching summer school, I have three day weekends and then I have all of August where I don't teach summer school or I have more time. And so I'm hoping to be able to fit in some conventions more in the summer when I have that time to kind of really travel, relax, and really, uh, I guess, bring kind of the energy I want to bring to a convention that's out of town. Absolutely. I got you. Perfect. But yeah, if I go to Chicago, I'll let you guys know, definitely. I appreciate that, man. And uh, I, know, I know you mentioned where you could buy the book and everything. I know, see, I, And I know you mentioned the convention, but where can they find you personally uh, on social media and everything? So if somebody wanted to kind of reach out to you. Sure, yeah. So uh, I'm most active on Twitter. Uh, that's CJ underscore Standle. And for those who don't know how to spell, Standle is S-T-A-N as in Nancy, D-A-L. Um, so CJ underscore Standle is my Twitter handle. And then I also am on Facebook. That's just CJ Standle, um, capital C, capital J space Standle. Um, and then I, I guess I do have an Instagram account, but I don't really use it. I really mainly use Twitter and then Facebook a little bit now and then. So those are the social media handles or that's where you find me social media wise. Or like I said, CJ Standle productions.com is my website. Perfect. Cool. Um, like we mentioned earlier, um, this appearance on this freaking show makes you tied for the most uh, oh, comeback nice. uh, guest. So, awesome. uh, so <laughs> I appreciate you like not only taking the time out this evening to uh, be on a show, but I mean to be on a show six times is I mean it's incredible and you know and hopefully the next time you're on it's not such a large gap as it was this time because yeah. we enjoy because we enjoy having you on and talking to you and I mean it it, it fills it fills my heart with like such like honor i guess you could say that we were here through like i mean the whole like generation of rebirth of a gangster yeah it's really exciting that i've been able to kind of revisit and come back to you guys so much and yeah I, you said you're honored that i've come into and kind of letting you in on this journey but i'm also just really honored that you guys uh, have been with me for the whole journey too i mean i've had some other podcasts but they none have none have really been um as consistent in like making a spot for me and making time for me to come and talk and so i really appreciate all the effort you guys have done to kind of help expose me more to the world and just really talk and i, I just really appreciate talking to you guys too thanks oh absolutely yeah yeah anytime, always, anytime, always our pleasure yeah anytime you want to come back you know we we're here you know we 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 are friends for life whether you Definitely, like it or not, yeah, you are stuck right back us. at you. And yeah, it's not going to be quite as big of a gap this next time. It's not going to be half a year until I come back. That's definite. Perfect. Yeah. Anytime you want to come back, just you know, shoot uh, shoot me a message, shoot Joey a message, or Colin, just let us know. Hey, I've got another got another um, you know release coming out. You know, let me get on here, and we'll definitely make time to get you on here so we can talk more about uh, Rebirth of Gangster, uh, more about you, and who knows, maybe by that next time, maybe you'll have more. Uh, conventions lined up and stuff like that so it'll, it'll be awesome to catch up with you again in the future here. yeah definitely awesome cool uh yeah again thanks for coming on here let's uh plug a uh podcast and when we come back we could uh do the follow your star word you on the mark the year 2014 
two best friends set out on a journey to produce the best content related to all things film. In 2015, they founded a podcast to share their passions with the world. From rants, lisps, and beer, to trailers, challenges, and premieres, Nick and Justin have you covered. Find the Epic Film Guys podcast at epicfilmguys.podbean.com and follow the show on Twitter. And we'll see you at the movies. Hi, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and uh, yeah, like we mentioned, make sure you check out CJ Stando on Rebirth of a Gangster. Make sure you go to his website, cjstandoproductions.com, <laughs> and buy his comic. You know, I mean, you will get as much enjoyment out of that comic as I get annoyance out of Colin's cough over the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot of enjoyment. <laughs> really. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, no, make sure you check him out. It's always good to have CJ on. I'm glad that... Uh, we're able to get him on again. And when, and real quick before we get into the Firestar Award, and of course, Colin's uh, flick uh, pick of the week, or Colin's movie pick. I can't, awkward I can't, pick. Awkward pick of the week. Um, I'm just going to give you guys a quick uh, rundown. So if you want to listen to all of CJ Standall's, um episodes on on uh, this freaking show, uh, episode one, uh, season one, episode 27, season one, episode 36, Season 1, episode 50, season 2, episode 29, and season 2, episode 36 are all five uh, previous shows that uh, CJ was on. So you could follow the entire history of CJ Stando on this freaking show, as well as the entire uh, legacy of uh, Rebirth of Gangster. Okay, I am done talking. Oh, yeah, there we go. There's Joey's response. (laughs) Fuck, Joe. (laughs) Sorry. I'm looking at I'm looking at Madison Comic Con, uh, Madison Mighty Con, and uh, oh yeah, no, it's I'm okay. I mean, about it. yeah, no, go ahead. You you look at that, and uh, you come back when you're ready to record a podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Oh, you good? You back now? Yep. Right. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks well, since you're out. back, yeah, no, you good? Go ahead. Yep. I'll wait. i wait for you to start talking. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm good. Gee, fuck. Uh, <laughs> oh shit awesome uh joe why don't you go ahead and uh let's hear the uh recipient of the fire star award for the month of february well this month's uh recipient of the follow your star award is uh another sarcastic award uh i i i don't know if i'm just like struggling to exist in the world these days or what it is but i just keep running into companies that cannot seem to get out of their own way in terms of how they exist. Uh, this afternoon, I found myself at uh, TJ Maxx, and uh, all I wanted to do was return something that uh, someone had bought me as a present, and I, I hadn't had a chance. Uh, I, I got two of the same thing, uh, and uh, they have, a, they have a, a return policy that made it so that I couldn't return it or even get a gift card or exchange it for something else in the store. Which is BS, because they have the same thing on the shelf. Uh, But it was the worst shopping experience of my entire life there at the uh, TJ Maxx. And uh, what I like to call it is is like going to a a bougie Goodwill. You know? Like uh, like everything is uh, is pretty cheap. Uh, Not as cheap as Goodwill, but, uh, but pretty cheap. Uh, and because, because everything seems like it's nicer than you'd find at a Goodwill, uh, the place was packed. Uh, it was at least a 90 minute wait in the checkout line. 
which is just insane. Uh, yeah. Get get your shit together. First of all, second of all, how about you separate your return line from your checkout line? Uh, yeah. Maybe have a customer service area that people could go to so that they don't have to wait in the checkout line to get a gift card to shop in the rest of the store. Uh, and I couldn't even get that. You know what I mean? Like uh, they, they, their policy prevented me from, from shopping at their store any further uh, unless I wanted to use my own money, which I wasn't going to do uh, at the crap hole that was the, the TJ Maxx. So uh, TJ Maxx, you go ahead and follow your star right right down into the ground. Uh, live your best life. Live your best life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking Joe. I've never been more pissed in my life. I, I <laughs> could tell. I mean, like, I mean, even Skype, <laughs> you didn't even seem that mad at Skype last month, man. No, I wasn't. I expect this from Skype. I expect it from Skype, but not you, TJ Maxx. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to a TJ Maxx before, but the name always sounded nice to me. Right. I mean, it, sound, it sounds like a guy that can loan you a pen when you don't have one in class, you know? Right. Hey, hey TJ, TJ, you got a, you got a pen I can borrow? Thanks, man. Yeah. And he gives it to you, and the fucking thing explodes all over. Right. I get you. Or right? it's like it's like one of them shocky pens. <laughs> shocky pen. You click yeah. it, zaps you, and shit. He's over there looking at you laughing. Everyone's right. laughing. You pee yourself a little. The girl you like is all grossed out and shit. And you got to go home, fucking hide in the closet and shit like that. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. Right. I, I, I guess sense that's what it is, you know? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, it was terrible. Don't go to TJ Maxx unless you have to. That's all. That's, that's my right. advice to you, listeners. That's right. Um, by the way, we do got a new sponsor of the show. Uh, TJ Maxx is a sound. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect hey tj max if you want to sponsor the show and correct me by all yeah. means yeah, yeah depending oh, on God. how much there... money go, go, go ahead. ahead sorry i was, I was gonna say no but you fuck you joe <laughs> there's a reason your name is at the end of the intro man The shelves, the shelves were utterly disorganized. I couldn't find my way around in the store. It was terrible. That's all I was going to say. It was, it was, it was like shopping in uh, Grandma and Papa's garage. I just like how not only did you interrupt me while I was trying to give a statement, you interrupted me when I was allowing you to go forward with your statement. <laughs> but you could not wait the minute and a half it took for me to say, go ahead, Joe, and finish what you're saying. To just fucking interrupt me. <laughs> I didn't have a minute and a half to wait. I waited in line for 90 minutes earlier today. Oh. To go home with a French press I didn't want. Isn't that just the worst? I didn't even want this French press. Right? Oh, the struggles of 2018. I know. First world problems. <laughs> An unnecessary purchase of a French press. I had to cool off by going to Best Buy and playing with the mobile phones. Oh man, I, <laughs> I know, I know. For I know, we normally typically re- titled the episodes based on the fucking um, guests we have, 
but you can't pass up titling this episode The Struggles of a French Press Purchase. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Season one, episode eight. I didn't even want this French press. (laughs) If that doesn't draw an audience, I don't even know what we're doing here anymore. I, yeah, I right? I don't. I don't. Use use the promo code French Press to save 10% at TJ Maxx. <laughs> Holy shit. Got to do it within 30 days of uh, <laughs> the right. receipts, though. Right? <laughs> Even if you didn't buy it, you got to do it within 30 days of the receipt. <laughs> you have to do it within the 85 minute time frame of the 90 minute line. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god! Come to TJ Maxx, where our coupons expired last year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh god! <sighs> Next week, let's make uh, let's make TJ Maxx advertisements. Come to TJ <laughs> Maxx. It may be broken when you get home, but that's your problem, ain't it? <laughs> oh, shit. You bought it. You bought it. You bought it, you bought it. <laughs> you bought it, you bought it. Go <laughs> uh, to DJ Max. We'll take your money. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's awesome. Colin. Yes. What um what movie you got for us this week, good sir? Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Awkward Flicks. Um, it's where I give my little opinion on a movie that I have recently seen. And this week, it's going to be going back to 2017 with a good movie called Going in Style. Um, this movie... Uh, is with Michael Caine. Uh, got their names: Michael Caine, Alan Arkin, and Morgan Freeman. Um, three old guys, <laughs> and they basically—they're—I mean, obviously they're old, but the company that they're working for—they're all working for the same company. Decide that you don't deserve a pension because we fucked up. So they uh, <laughs> got rid of their pension, and they're just like, yeah, we have no money. We're broke. So they end up deciding to rob a bank. Uh, it's <laughs> – I definitely say it was a really funny movie. Um, I didn't really know who Alan Arkin was too much, Uh but Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman, obviously, we all know who them they are. Uh, and um, they, like I said, they rob a bank, or they're, they're planning on robbing the bank. The most of it is them going through the process of deciding if they're going to rob this bank and then learning to, how to rob the bank. And... It, <laughs> uh, it they they each have their each own little things that's happening with them. Uh, Michael Caine, he has his uh, granddaughter 
Um, and so does Morgan Freeman. Alan Arkin is more just like the, oh, hey, uh, I'm the loner guy. I don't want a family or anything. But he ends up, he's the stubborn one. He's like, I don't want to do this, rob the bank. But ends up deciding he, he wants in to do it. And it's it's a, overall, it's a really good movie. If you want to see some really good actors, uh, try and rob a bank. I would definitely recommend this movie. And I'm going to give this movie a four out of five awkwards. Uh, again, this movie is called Going in Style. Um, fuck what the uh, critics say. It's only got like a six, six out of ten, but nah. Th- this deserves more. This is a funny movie. Um, especially with good old boy Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine, so... I don't know how it could be a bad movie with those guys in there. <laughs> right? Yeah. And also, uh, Al- Alan Arkin is, uh, he plays like the old guy in Little Miss Sunshine, right? The grandpa? Never seen it. Uh, how have I named, like, one of the only movies you've ever seen three times on this show? John, <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when, when year did that movie come out? Yes. Yes, it is. Years, right? What's that? When did this movie come out? It came out last year. Came out last year. I think it's on. Um, I think it's on Comcast on demand right now. Yeah, I. Yeah. I, I forgot where I watched. Well, I know um, you. I know you don't have cable, but like I was. Um, I think I saw it. and I was kind of iffy on like if I should watch it or not, but I'm gonna go based on what you said, and I'm gonna go ahead and watch it. Yeah, definitely. It's a good one. Um, I guess Alan Arkin. Which now surprises me. I mean, it's been a long time and I never really pay attention to much of him. But he was in Edward Scissorhands. So, oh, no kidding? Yeah. He was, um... Was he... he was, no, he wasn't the dad. That was one movie. I think he was the dad. Hmm. Of Winona Ryder. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, didn't know too much about him, but Edward Scissorhands is another great movie. You need to go watch if you haven't ever seen it. Good old Johnny Depp. It is delightful. Winona Ryder. I've come oh. to really love Winona Ryder because of Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that I can remember her in is Stranger Things. I know, right? Uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, that's right. That was her. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's it. I don't know what else. Was she uh, Was she the love interest of Adam Sandler and Mr. Deeds? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I know she's been in other movies such as those, but I mean, that's... Stranger Things is the only one that really pops out now because it's so recent. But. Didn't she play Sean Hunter in Boy Meets World? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, that was a joke. That was actually Ryder Strong. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. This this has been an episode. 
Vincent really Price also it. played in Edward Scissorhands. Really? Yes. He died in 1993. I have no idea who he is. I don't know if you know this guy, but uh, speaking of Michael Caine, um, you know the guy who played Alfred in uh, Batman vs. Superman and uh, Justice League? It wasn't him. Oh, well, I mean, Michael Caine did play in Alfred, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. But uh, the the comparison I'm trying to make here is Alfred. So the guy who played Alfred in the Batman movie, the Mm -hmm. new ones, he played the voice of Scar in The Lion King. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. You're I, was right. watch, I was watching The Lion King the other day. Or not the other day, but maybe like a week or so ago. And I was looking up the actors who played the voices and shit, like, you know, Jonathan Terry Thomas was Simba and all that shit. And I was looking up Scar. And I go, these like, who is this guy? Comes to find out, they fucking pops up. I'm like, oh shit, it was fucking Alfred from Justice League. No shit. I'm crazy. Yeah. You know, another good Morgan Freeman movie? Driving Miss Daisy. Yes. Oh, what a great movie. Very good movie. Um, actually, Morgan Freeman's in a lot of good fucking movies. Morgan Freeman's a phenomenal actor. I love him. Right. Oh yeah. I would love to meet him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I can't think of any movie that he has been in that I wasn't like really a big fan of. I loved when he played God in uh, Bruce Almighty, when he played the Gunslinger in Unforgiven, uh, when he played the well, the leader. And um, Wanted, but it turned out to be the bad guy. Uh, along came a spider. I mean, fucking dude, he's a chameleon. He can play anything. <laughs> yep. Really anything. Yeah, definitely a good guy. Hats off to you, Morgan Freeman. Never go to TJ Maxx. Uh, Joe, what are you freaking on this week? Um, I was freaking on TJ Maxx in my experience there. I'm still freaking on that. Oh. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm too pissed to feel any other emotion. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I got no response for that, man. Just, let's, let's move along. Just move along. Fair. Travis, <laughs> how about you? What are you freaking on this week? Uh, I guess we'll just skip Colin. Yeah, that's all right. We can come I'm back just to changing me. up the order. I just... <laughs> I'm just fucking God. up this whole show. That's what I'm doing. God, season three, episode two, Joe goes rogue. What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> I don't know. But hey, I just remembered another thing I could be freaking out instead. That would there be a uh, happier, happier thing. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm officiating a wedding at the end of the week. Fuck you. Fuck you, Joe. Look, I can't tell when you're going to respond to me and Skype has a delay. <laughs> fucking... Look, I already gave Skype an award. They're gonna they're heading out for being the the first double recipient. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh man. Oh you know what? If if CJ was not on this episode, this would be a huge dumpster fire right now, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, not only did you use your Star Award as your uh, week freakly and then asked me what I wanted and it interrupted me to give you what I was going to give as my freak weekly. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't specify which wedding I was officiating. Oh my God. You and I need to have a short conversation at the top of a flight of stairs, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. Yeah. I deserve oh, that. <laughs> but no, um, as you asked, yeah. 
Um, I'm, I'm freaking on the wedding we have this uh, at the end of this week. We Actually, all of us are going to the same wedding. Um, but I'm also excited for that this week I start my new, uh, my new day schedule. So I'm going to, uh, starting on Tuesday, I'll be working Tuesday through Saturday, 7 to 3.30 uh, during the day. So I'm really excited about that as well. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks having to work Saturdays. But, I mean, on the bright side, I still get out by 3.30. So depending on the traffic, I should be home by 5. So also, I'm like 20 minutes away from Joey if I ever wanted to stop by there. You could. And I'm yeah. home during the day most days. See, perfect. See how, see how life works. You know what? And I even have two flights of stairs you could throw me down. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, front or back. Possibilities are endless, bro. Right? Holy shit. Colin, of course we wouldn't forget about you. What are you freaking on this week, my friend? This week I'm freaking on the fact that I finished all my homework that's due tonight. And I was dreading it. But I have figured out a way that's going to make it easy. Um... Because this class I'm taking isn't a coding class, <laughs> it's more of, hey, read the book and answer questions kind of class. Um, very hard for me to do. I'm not a reader. I fucking hate it. I fear that I'm going to fail this class because of it. Mm. Um, I re- I've been really dreading it, but I have to see how I do on these homework assignments. Hopefully not too bad. <laughs> I had to answer questions for the class. I gotta say, probably made a minimum of three-page uh, word documents for each homework assignment that I had. Um, but what I figured out I can do is all I do is look at the question. All I do is win, and then win, figure win, out win. what I'm gonna answer. But instead of typing it, I literally just speak it to my phone. So where it types itself, <laughs> and then <laughs> nice. I mean, and since it's not the greatest on dictating, I'll uh, hey, you made it. I'm I uh, greatest. Copy it to the computer, and then I fix it up, just make it a little cleaner looking. But yeah, nice. So and on the positive side, all the homework assignments are due at the end of the month, so it gives me time to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So. Whether or not they're going to be correct, who the fuck knows? That's what I really don't like about it. But I can miss <laughs> I can miss two hundred about two hundred and seventy three points in this class, and I'll still have a C. So let's hopefully it nice. hopefully it doesn't come down to that, and I do a little better. But I mean, on the extra positive side, I only need a D to pass the class, so. Right? C's get degrees. Well, Colin, I hope, degrees. Uh, I hope you get that D you're looking for. I'm not looking for a D. <laughs> that big. Shut up, Travis. Bad D. <laughs> that fucking D. As long as you're happy when you get that D, that's all that matters. Shut up, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> satisfied. You don't need to be happy. You need yeah. to be satisfied with it. That's right. If I could, I'd give you the D, Colin, but I'm not your teacher. That's good to know. Gross. <laughs> Gross. I didn't know where my line was. I just found it. <laughs> Season three, episode eight. Colin gets the D. Yep. 
Oh, shit. Hey, uh, quick fun fact for you guys. Uh, our current most downloaded episode is last week's episode when Steam Hollow Bruin was on. Nice. Nice. Uh, really excited about that one. Congratulations to Steam Hall Bruin for now being the most downloaded episode of this freaking show. Still want to know where it's at. <laughs> yeah, I want to say I want to say it's off the highway. I'm not sure exactly where, but I think there's that uh, that warehouse facility that's on the west side of the highway when you head south on 57. I think it's right there, but I could be completely and utterly wrong. But that is a location that I know of. Oh, over yeah. there. So, best thing we could do is we could easily just ask uh, Steam Hot Brewing where they're uh, going to be located. It was unfortunate because they were brewing today, and uh, we weren't able to make it. So, um, Steam Hot Brewing, if you're listening to this, we do apologize for not being able to make it out to your brewing this evening. But we definitely look forward to seeing one in the future. How did you know that they were brewing? They messaged us. Oh. They did? Mm, yes, they did. Cool. Thanks for not telling me. Yeah. Well, you know, we all had busy days today. You know, know, I've been sitting on my ass doing homework all day. You went to Red Robin and had a Blue Moon uh, milkshake. So, yeah, about that. That that. shake was really good. Mm -hmm. And I was enjoying it. It was really good, and I even ordered myself a second one. I'm like, I haven't even got my meal yet. I'm going to order myself a second beer shake. And then the fucking building starts on fire. Oh, <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Oh, man. I thought you were joking about that. No. They, uh, they're they closed down till further notice. Oh, <laughs> wow. So they were, like, really on fire. It wasn't like... Uh, man. I mean, it when the, it, the alarm started going off, and it was super loud, but everybody just sat there. Nobody really gave a damn that the alarm was going off. I was just like, Oh, okay. It's a, an alarm until, uh, the one lady comes out of the kitchen. It's just like, everybody has to get up and get outside and all that. When they open the door, you just see a whole bunch of smoke back there. (laughs) Um, I mean, you didn't see any flames or anything, but everybody gets outside the building and then they're like, yeah, we're going to be closed for a while, so you might as well just leave. Um, we were walking back to the car, and you just see black smoke pouring out the top of the building. So, but uh, Wow. Hey, I saved myself 30 bucks there. So. Yeah, no kidding. Actually, man. more of what I got was about 30 bucks. So. Was that the one in Orland? Yeah. Oh, man. The thing that's shitty is we went there because Sam has a coupon for a free birthday meal, a birthday burger. Oh, uh, yep. And it like expires next weekend or, or next week sometime. Mm-hmm. So now it's just like, uh, hopefully they, I mean, like if they don't open, I guess we're going to have to go to Sherville. So oh, shit. Or to use it, but I will definitely be having a blue moon shake again. Because that was really good. How far is Cherville from you? Uh, it's Okay, so well, according to the Red Robin website, when I did a location search, it mm-hmm. said Cherville was 26.9 like, miles from me. And then the Orland Park one is 29.7 miles. Okay. Because there's one right by me, too, up in Forest Park. Yeah. Whether or not I don't know, I I don't know what's that, closer to you. 
it's hard to say if I believe that or not. You think I, you think I just lied to you like that? No, no, not about what you were, <laughs> not about what you, not what you were saying about uh about. <laughs> About them saying that the Sherville's closer. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I can't anymore with you people. (laughs) Oh, oh God. I think I almost had a heart attack. Oh, man. Don't do that. I know, right? God, die, die live on recording. Holy shit. You think I lied to you about me? Oh, fuck. This this has been the greatest episode of my life. Like, if, if, if you ever lived the saying, and on a high note, this would be the last episode of this freaking show. Oh, uh, hey, Joe. Yes. Every week, our listeners can catch Geek Cash Joe here on this freaking show. But if one hour a week of Geek Cash Joe just isn't enough for our listeners, where can we send them off to to find more Geek Cash Joe? If you need more interruption in your life, you can find me over at the Geek Cash Live podcast at gcl.ninja. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching Geek Cast Live. Oh, good job, Joe. I'm here for you. Yeah, obviously. All right, guys, uh, that's uh, that's gonna be wrapping up our episode of this freaking show for the week. Uh, if you ever want to be part of it or uh, interrupt me as much as Joe does, uh, send us a message at um, you know Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter just by searching this freaking show, or email us at thisfreakingshowyahoo.com. Give us your comments, concerns, or requests to be a guest on the show. It's not that we only do you know creators of beer and comics and movies and music. We'll bring average people onto this fucking show. I had a coworker, Joe, who came on. And we talked about Marvel. I mean, we we will allow anyone on our show, you know, to sit and talk with us because that's what we love to do. Uh, but yeah, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just by searching this freaking show. Email us for anything you have, and make sure that uh, you let your friends know that you can find this freaking show on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, uh, hopefully soon uh, Spotify, and of course. I'm Podbean. As always, I am Travis D. I'm Awkward Dog. And I'm And thank Cash you for Joe. listening to another episode of this freaking show. <laughs> ain't fun, you didn't show. It ain't that fun. <laughs> <laughs> so do we want to retry that? No, no, we're not going to retry that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>